and welcome to the Heavy Pages podcast, a safe space for women struggling with an unexpected and unwanted separation or divorce. I'm Josie, your host, and I too have been where you are. It was a crushing time in my life, and to help me cope, I kept a journal. In this podcast, I crack that journal open to share with you those raw, emotional, and sometimes pretty embarrassing entries. I take you with me on a deep dive, analyzing my thoughts and feelings now that I have some perspective. My mission is to share with you some of the pitfalls that extended my journey to healing and to offer support, validation, tips, and tools to help you push past the heavy pages of your own journey. Hello, and welcome to another Topic Tuesday episode. Today, I want to talk about filing for divorce without a lawyer. Now, I have been wanting to share my experience with this topic because I'm seeing so many people, women struggling with lawyers and, and the fees and all of, all of the cost of divorce and if you had checked out one of my previous Topic Tuesdays, we talked about finances. And I know that many of us women weren't in a financial position to even take care of ourselves, much less pay for lawyers. So I wanted to share my perspective on attempting to do a divorce without a lawyer. And I will start by saying that my divorce was quite a few years ago and probably many things have changed since then. And also every state is a little bit different. I'm going to talk about the state of Florida, which is where I divorced. And the state of Florida is a no-fault state, first of all, which means that it doesn't matter if he cheated or she cheated or uh, anything. They only care about if the marriage is uh, erect I'm going to say this wrong, irrecoverably, I probably should use the word, if it is uh, broken beyond repair or if there is a mental health issue. Those are the only two reasons they care and um, allow for a divorce. So basically 90% of of the people just say, yeah, the, the divorce is broken beyond repair, unfixable, and that's it. They get divorced. So for me, I will say that my ex and I, we separated and we didn't get a divorce for two years after. It worked well for me personally because when we separated, it was not by my choice. I didn't want the separation. He did. And so I was in a huge emotional, um, I was a huge emotional wreck. Uh, I was a single mom with no money, with nowhere to go, with nothing to do. I had terrible self-esteem. I probably had the worst self-worth that I've ever had in my life. It was definitely not a time to do any sort of divorce negotiations. I mean, I already had made some really bad mistakes uh, just because I was trying to win him back and I was trying to show him, look, I can be such a sweet, nice person. Why are you... Why do you want to leave me? Why would you want to do this? And that is not the mindset that you want, if you can help it, in going into a divorce. I also had a family member that 
was in kind of the same position as me and they were not the ones wanting the divorce and they made a lot of bad choices because they were trying to be the good guy and trying to, you know, oh, I don't want to cause a lot of waves or this. And it comes back to bite you. The best and um, the best advice and the first advice I would want to give you is do not make decisions uh, emotionally. If you're too emotional, don't even talk about the divorce process and, and make deals and make promises because... One way or the other, you're going you're gonna to make bad choices out of rage or you're going to make bad choices out of um, trying to, you know, be the nice guy. And, and none of those are going to help you at the end of the day. So if you can work through your process, work through your pain, work through um, the emotions before you sit down and discuss a divorce and, you know, splitting assets and and child support and all those things, I highly recommend that you do that. Now, I know, um, unfortunately, that there are a lot of assholes out there that want to make your life miserable and you could never, ever consider the possibility of doing a divorce without a lawyer because they just want to make your life miserable. And I'm so sorry if this is your situation, I I know that my divorce and my separation was the worst time of my life. And that was with uh, a partner or soon to be ex partner that wasn't horrible. I mean, I hated him because he left me. And uh, I certainly didn't think that he was perfect, but we were not out to make each other suffer. Thankfully, once I worked through my emotions, I recognized that, honestly, the divorce was the best thing for us. So that helped me in being more clear-minded and only asking for what I felt was fair and, you know, for both of us. I took him into consideration. I took my son into consideration. I took myself into consideration. So if you can wait until you are, you know, processing emotions better, I highly recommend that. My second recommendation is if your partner is not an asshole and not a huge jerk and willing to work with you to then, you know, be willing to work with him, a little compromise goes a long way. A little compromise on your part and on his part, if you're willing, will save you thousands and thousands of dollars. So if you think that you guys can talk and can hash out your differences and what you both want um, in a civil manner, doesn't mean you have to be giggling, doesn't mean you have to be super friendly, but you can be professional and clear-minded, then I highly recommend you do that. So that's what basically I did. So like I mentioned, we separated and then we didn't get a divorce for two years. Now, during the separation, we did discuss pretty much right away child support. A verbal agreement on what I felt uh, would be fair. And 
I didn't just come up with the number. I went online. I looked at calculators uh, because you can find them if you look, a calculator for child support, what he makes, what I make, what seems fair. I showed him the paperwork and I said, this is what seems fair. And honestly, at that time, I think it came out to like $810, but we agreed on $850. So he actually agreed on like $40 more a month. Not a big deal, but it was more than the calculator. But we agreed on that round number. And during the whole separation before the divorce, he, we, he was paying the child support, you know, directly to me. And we didn't have to get lawyers involved. We didn't have to write anything up. It was on the honor system and he was honorable, which is, again, if you feel like your partner will be honorable in these things, you don't have to rush to get the divorce. If he can agree, if you can both agree on uh, child support and like I said, show him, I'm not just pulling out this number. These are the worksheets. This is what it says. And you can agree on that. Then you don't have to rush to the divorce because you are already getting, you know, the child support and you can take a little more time with the rest of it. Maybe there's a misconception out there that you have to be getting a divorce to do the child support, but it's not true. So you can establish that on your own. You can go to the court if you want to, and you still can do that without a lawyer, with just paperwork, and you can do that uh, so that it is on the books without a lawyer, but better than just a verbal agreement between you and him. The next thing is for us particularly, we had sold our house already. We had agreed that we were going to sell the house. Um, unfortunately, we sold it right before houses house prices skyrocketed. So there was very little that got uh, equity that we got. We both walked away with like, I don't know, 2500 each. It was nothing. But we were not connected to the house anymore. That was going to make the divorce one more step easier. And we both agreed, whatever, we sell it. We agreed on the sales price. We agreed that we would split the proceeds evenly and we didn't need a lawyer or anything for that. The next thing that we discussed on our own was um, child custody and visitation. I was working at that point or when well, when we first separated. I wasn't working. I was. I had been a stay-at-home mom. So the logical thing was for me to keep our son because he worked. What was he going to do with him? You know, it, it didn't make sense. And of course, it was never even an issue or a consideration that he would keep our son. It would. He was always going to be with me. So uh, he, I kept our son and then we discussed um, visitation and we did the standard Every other weekend, one night a week. So he would take him every Wednesday night for dinner. And uh, you, at the beginning, I think he would take him and then bring him back to the house that night. Or uh, once he got a little older and maybe I got a little smarter, I'm like, you know what? When you take him on Wednesday, you are responsible to drop him at school on Thursday. So I actually got the whole Wednesday to Thursday little break. And then he would take him every other weekend. And we did include on there, uh, I believe two weeks in the summer or a month in the summer. I, I can't really remember, but again, it's like the standard, you look it up and 
that's one of the stand, if you're willing to do, you're not looking for 50-50 custody, which we were not. It was, I was the primary and then he had, you know, visitation. Uh, we both uh, were his parents, but I had primary, primary residence is basically, I think, how you say it. Now, the month in the summer never, ever, ever happened. And I was okay with that. I mean, I, I love my son. I want my son. I wanted to be with my son. So I never pushed that. His dad always was working. So if he took him during the summer, what was he going to do with him? You know, where, where was he going to be? And so... I never pushed for him to take him during the summer um, and he would just stay with me. So it, it was fine. I wasn't concerned with it, but we did put that in writing because if he ever wanted him for the summer, I was going to be okay with that. And because it was the standard um, visitation, we just went with that. Bills. We had bills to pay. Um, there was some debt. I basically kept most of mine. He kept most of his. Um, if you had listened to my previous podcast episode, I discussed how he didn't have that much uh, to take because while we were married, I tried to pay all of his bills because he was the one with all the credit and all that. And I won't go into all that again. You can listen to that episode to hear about those wacky decisions that I made. But anyway, I had some credit card debt. I had all of my student loans. I kept all that and he kept whatever debts he had. Now, one thing that was um, stipulated also in the divorce paperwork was that there was a car. There were two cars. One of them was his that was paid off and it was paid off because we had refinanced it into our mortgage, a really stupid thing to do. Don't do that. But it was paid off. So he got to keep that one. Um, and then we had a home equity line of credit that I told that, that we discussed. And he kept that because even though you sold the house, that kind of like still stayed for some reason. I'm not sure how that whole thing worked. There was an option to continue to keep paying it even though we sold the house. And so he kept that because basically for me, I told him it seems fair because your car is paid off, but it was paid off with the house. So you should keep that. And he agreed. So he kept that. And the other car was also in his name, but I paid for it and I needed it and it was my car. So in the divorce paperwork, I put that I was going to keep that car even though it was in his name. And we agreed that that was fine. Now I will tell you that when we were super close to the final, to finalizing the divorce, that car got repossessed and it got repossessed because Guy was responsible for the payments. He was making the payments for the car instead of giving me child support. We had agreed that he would give me half of the child support payment and the other half he would keep to pay the car since it was in his name. Well, when that car got repossessed, I told him, listen, I'm sorry, but I want to amend the, the, the divorce paperwork and remove that car from my, from my line item. I'm moving that car back to your line item because the finance company was going to come after him for whatever was still left to pay on that car after it was repossessed. I think what they do is they take it, then they sell it at auction, and then whatever it sells for at auction, they deduct from your principal and whatever is left, you're responsible for. And so I told him, I trust you. I don't think you're ever going to come after me for that. But on the off chance that you meet some, you know, 
woman. She's not as nice. And she says, wait a minute, that on your divorce decree, it says that that car was your ex-wife's responsibility. We're pushing this on her. I'm not going to take that chance. I want to remove that car and move it to your line item. And he agreed. He said it was fine. So I went in again without a lawyer. I went in and I amended um, the paperwork that we had submitted already. So I might have gotten ahead of myself because I didn't mention that I had submitted paperwork. But two years after our separation, I was ready to um, file for divorce. And honestly, I wasn't in a hurry to file for divorce. The only reason I did was because the apartment complex that I was in was an income-restricted apartment complex. I went in it as a separated um, single mom, but they were, they, you know, it was time to renew and they asked me for my divorce papers and I didn't have them because we weren't officially divorced. And they were like, Oh, we thought you were divorced. You need to get divorced or we're not going to be able to let you stay here. And I was like, Oh crap. And I'll tell you something else that I didn't realize. And I kind of regret we, our divorce happened 10 years after we were married but not exactly to the day. So we got married in October and my, uh, and 10 years later in February, my divorce was finalized. Now I kick myself about not waiting all the way till October to making it a full 10 years because there are some social security, um, retirement implications, for um, divorced couples if you have been married for 10 years. I haven't needed to really dig into that yet. I'm hoping that, you know, the 10-year mark in years is good enough and that they don't count the months in between whenever it's my turn to deal with Social Security. But the fact of the matter is, is that he has made more money than me his entire, you know, uh, employment career. So when I'm old enough to retire and collect Social Security, and obviously when I was getting divorced, I wasn't thinking about that. But now, as I'm getting older, I'm thinking about that. And if, I'm, if we've been married for 10 years, that I can collect on his earnings. And his earnings would be a whole lot more than my earnings. So my point in this is, if you're very close to 10 years and you don't absolutely need to get the divorce, wait the 10 years. It will be a benefit to you. And who knows? Yes, I know social security may not even be available um, in the future, but on the off chance that it is, I would hold out. I do regret not holding out those extra months. It probably is going to come back to bite me. Maybe not. Maybe I'll get lucky. We will see, but hold out for the 10 years. So Back to filing the paperwork. When I just when we decided to finally get divorced, of course I was the one that filed because even though he wanted the separation, if most of the people that I hear from, when the 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 man is the one who wants the separation, who wants to end the marriage, it's it, it seems that a lot of the times it's the women who end up actually doing the filing. But I I didn't care. I actually like the fact that it shows that I'm the one who instigated the divorce. Uh, by the time that it was time to do that and fill out the paperwork, I was a very self-confident, very um, secure in myself. And it gave me pride to know that I'm the one who was ending it. I was okay with that. Anyway, I went to the courthouse and got the packet. 
it's a lot of pages. You know, they, there's different packets. If you have children, if you have property, um, if you have investments, things like that. So I didn't have property, but I did have a child. So I got that packet. I think you can even print them online now. So, um, you don't need a lawyer. You can look online, you can find them, you can print them out, or you can go to the courthouse and buy them. There are so many YouTube videos um, and articles and probably podcasts that will help you, guide you through filling out different parts of the of the forms. And that's what I did. I sat down, I went and got it, I read through, I looked at um, all of it. Some of it, you know, looked foreign to me, but I'm not an idiot. It was doable. I was able to do it. I filled it out to the best of my ability. And um, I spoke to Guy and I told him, hey, I'm doing this. I'm filling out this. He was like, okay, that sounds good. I don't even, I think maybe he needed to sign some of it. Um, he probably did. Um, I took it over for him to sign it and I took it to the court to file it. It cost me $375 and I'm pretty sure that I still have that receipt. <laughs> I'm 90% sure I still have that receipt. So it cost me $375 to file. I didn't ask him to pay for half. I paid the whole thing myself and we filed. Then we waited for the judge to, you know, discuss, look it over. We had to take a parenting class because that is a mandatory thing in Florida. If you have children, you have to take a parenting class. I think it was like a one afternoon on a Saturday. We actually went together and sat there. And I'll always remember, again, this was two years after we've separated. We are friendly we are, we're both secure and where we are in our lives and in our relationship as co-parents. So we went to the class together and we watched as other people were really, you know, unhappy and bitter and in the throes of, of all of those emotions. So we were very grateful that that was not us at that time. We paid our dues. We definitely went through a lot of that. And also, I'm not going to lie. After our divorce, there were still a lot of rocky roads between us and issues, but we were able to um, be friendly enough. We went together. We took care of the parenting class. I think it cost some money also probably, but not a lot, like maybe 25 or 50 bucks. We did that. We turned that into the court. We got a court date. When we showed up in court, the judge spoke to both of us. He spoke to me and asked me if I was sure that I wanted to continue to do the child support out of the courts, like letting him continue to pay me the way we were doing it personally. And I told him, yes, that I was fine with that. And he looked at Guy and then looked back at me and said, that can be changed whenever you want. And I'm like, okay, thanks. And I remember that when we left that guy said, that was a threat to me. He looked at me and told, he, when he looked at me, he was telling me, if you don't do it, we will put you uh, on mandatory. And I, I, and you know, I never had a problem with child support. He always paid his child support. That was never an issue. I never had to put him through, you know, court uh, mandated or taking it out from his check or whatever. Um, he continued to pay his child support. I will definitely always give him credit for that. So, that was it. We were divorced. We walked out of that hearing. They stamped a paper and we were officially divorced. And it only cost, you know, 
sweat equity, energy, learning, you know, trial and error on our part. But financially, it only came out to maybe 400 bucks if we're talking, uh, you know, the filing and the and the the parenting class. So that was awesome. That was awesome for both of us. Neither of us wanted to spend the money. Neither of us were willing to fight for things. When we sold the house, we um, divided up furniture equally. He kept, you know, some nice things. I kept some nice things. We didn't fight about any of any of that stuff. There wasn't really a lot that I wanted to fight over. I wanted my son. Uh, you know, but that wasn't really a fight because he understood that, you know, my son was better off being at my house primary. And um, we had a dog and I, I loved my dog, Ranger, but um, he kept the dog because I moved in with my mom and she was like, there's no way you're getting that dog. And by the time I moved into an apartment, it wouldn't be fair to take the dog. So, well, not only that, the the income restricted apartment was like, yeah, no pets. So he kept the dog, but I still got to visit him and, and play with him. And so anyway, my point of this is that you can, or you should try if you and your ex can be remotely civil to each other, discuss the, op- the possibility of doing a divorce without a lawyer, you know, tell them. Why throw away the money? You could use this money for X, Y, and Z. Why go through the hassle, the stress of a lawyer if we can just agree on these things and we can do it on our own? It is possible. Uh, it is possible if if you have a partner that is willing to work with you. And I, I like I said before, uh, I've seen some horror stories and it breaks my heart for, for all of you out there that have exes that really just want to torture you and make your life miserable. And, and, and even if they chose the separation or the divorce, they still don't want you to have a win. And I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that you're going through this. But for all of you that can do this, I highly recommend that you give it a try. And if you have been able to, I always love hearing your survival stories. So thanks for listening to this episode. And I think I'll end it here for now. So I will catch you on the next one. And with that, we'll be wrapping up this week's episode. As always, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to listen to my podcast. I know you have many other options to choose from. If you would like to join a community of women to discuss further details of the episodes and to reach out to me, you can find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. If you just want to drop me a quick note, you can do so at www.heavypagespodcast.com. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast and haven't done so yet, I would appreciate if you would rate, subscribe, and maybe share with others. And please remember that sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone. I'll see you next week.